Welcome to iWoofs with your hosts, Dr. Ian and Kelly Dunbar, and me, Jamie Dunbar. So what's the topic for today, Kelly? Today we are talking about respect. My way or the highway? <laughs> you mean your way? <laughs> what about my way? <laughs> Precisely no, I, the point. <laughs> I, I get the point. Okay, we, we all have different ways. There's different ways to go. Yes. So um, the idea for this episode came, came to me when I was I don't know, perusing the internet at some point, And I found this quote. That, so we don't have a listener question for this week. We have a quote that I pulled from. But I think it's a quote that reflects plenty of listeners and viewers and readers all, all across the world. Yes. And uh, lots of people in general. Hot topic. Can we hear this quote or are we keeping it a secret? <laughs> Maybe. You need to know basis. <laughs> Fortunately, you need to know. <laughs> this is a quote from Newsvine by Robert Forto, Ph.D. Respect is the bond between you and your dog that says to your dog, that when something else better is going on, and you say something, he should listen. Think about if your dog has his head in the trash can, and you tell him to stop. If he stops, every time you say it, then that is respect. If he does not, then we can help with that with a few basic techniques. Not we, but he, obviously. Anyway, I mean, you said it right. Right. It, within know. the yeah. quote, yes. that guy can help so with he says. a few basic techniques. But we could, too. We could, too. However. Yeah, I, you know, to me... Respect is at both ends of the leash. I think that respect should come from the people. I think we should respect our dogs as dogs. Um, this notion that the dog has to respect us, um, I would say, why? I mean, a lot of people just aren't very nice to dogs. You know, they're bullying them, and then, then we're demanding respect. I mean, if I were a dog, I, I would be organizing a revolution now in coffee bars all over the country. They are, so, and it's called dominance. Dominance, yes. We're going to dominate our owners, and first the owner, next the kitchen, then the world. Um, you know, I, I think... Sarcasm. When we look at training, <laughs> that um, we want to respect the dog's point of view more, and we want to train the dog to do things but but when we're talking about human attributes and, and human qualities and, and saying the dog should respect us and then that very statement turns into a war that we're now going to humiliate the dog and bully the dog under the guise of he must respect us i mean i'm sorry if i were a dog and my head's in the trash can and you said stop i would say why you know, and I think that's a very good question because there's 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 chicken bones down here. There's there's leftovers from last night's I'll meal. Be with you in a second. There's used I'll Kleenex tissues. Like, yeah, no, I'll get my head out the trash can. But at the moment, actually, this is this is kind of enjoyable. And so I, I think if owners want that degree of control over the dog, like get your head out of the trash can or stop sniffing that dog's butt, I think you've really got to explain why. What what's in it for the dog? No, but there is, I think, a, a general, um, a, a large group of people that do think that the dog should respect them merely because, you know, I am human, you are dog, I am superior, and I must keep you from trying to take over because that is your nature. And it's, you know, it's, I'm sorry, a large part of society still thinks that way. So, the, I, I mean... And I think that's very sad because they, they, they aren't really getting the most out of living with a dog. It's like, at the moment, I'm trying to write a book, and I, I'm trying to write it, I haven't written a word, but I'm thinking about it, and 
And essentially it's coming together. And, and what the book is about is what I've learned about life from, from training puppies. And, and I don't mean this in a, in a very silly, fatuous way. I mean this really seriously by looking at the science of teaching puppies, teaching an animal that doesn't speak our language, uh, teaching an animal that wants to do things differently, and trying to teach this animal to do it our way and to want to do it our way. It's really you know, taught me so much about you know, what we're doing here on this planet. And, and I think people are really missing that if they just say, I want the dog to do what I say because I'm human. To me, it's like a parent saying, I want you to do this now. Why? Because I'm, I'm the daddy and because you're not. Because I said so. Yeah, rather than acknowledging that this child is an individual and they may not want to go to bed at eight. They may be a night owl. It's like when I grew up, you know, my family went to bed so early. I didn't. I was reading under the covers till midnight, you know. And, and I think we, we've got to respect the dog as a dog, and when we've got to respect the dog as an individual. And, and just expecting the dog to respect us, I would say, then set an example. Set an example, and if you're doing it right, that dog will. He'll, he'll meet another dog on the street, and he'll say, hey, you know what, Mr. Akita? I respect my owner. That's a good owner. They really take the time to understand me and, and to teach me. Well, can we let's go back to the quote for a minute because I mean certainly we do need to explore the idea of respect and that is what the episode is about. But going back to the quote, you know, if the dog has his head in the trash can and you tell him to stop, if he stops every time you say it, then it is that is respect. I'm sorry, that's not respect. That's no, training. It's good training. Yeah. You know. Uh, well, I mean, I think I don't know. I think people use the word respect, and it's all about how you define it. I think that if you want to call that respect, that's fine. But the fact is that respect came from good training. It's I mean, well, like, well, it should. I mean, it's not just because the dog sees that you walk on two legs. It's and, the connotation that it brings, or the feeling that the dog respects you. Well, no, the dog might fear you. The dog might be trained. There are two reasons the dog might move its head out of the garbage can when you come. You know, or the garbage can might be empty, I guess. Right. Respect could be defined as the dog understands that you have its best interests at heart. And when it when you tell him to do something, he wants to listen because you're a fun person. And, you know. The dog will get, move its head out of the garbage can be, it, when you request because you've you've practiced. And, and when you recall them to come away from something, they know that something good is good for them will happen. Right? Well, they get something better. I mean, uh, if you think about it, there's so many more better things which are not in the garbage can. So you say, no, leave the garbage alone, please. Well, number one, I would get a garbage can. They can't be put their head in, and that just solves the problem. But I would say, move away from the garbage can. Yes, I know there's a used Kleenex tissue in there, but here's a piece of cheese. Or an activity. You know, and, and the dog is doing this because living with you is, is essentially boring a lot of the time. And so we have to do a little self-entertainment. It's like kids that watch the telly. They're watching the telly because it, it's not very interesting at home. And it's natural for them want to want to explore novel novel odors. Oh, of course. You know, the garbage can is probably one of the <coughs> most right. interesting places in the house to a dog. And, you know, it's like, it's like you know, putting a... I don't know for for me anyway. I mean, you know, bowl of chips and guacamole in the on the table in the you know in the TV room and saying leave it alone. You know. No, I, I think respect I'm, me. Yeah. Don't <laughs> eat those chips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you know. Say for example, you had a beagle or a basset. I think you owe it to the dog to bring home like a novel odor of the week. 
I mean, I would go outside and I would drive to places this dog hasn't been and I would dig up a bit of dirt or a bit of cat poop and wrap it up and bring it home. Then I'd say to the dog, get your head out of the garbage, come here, sniff this. And the dog would go, wow, that's incredible. I've never smelled you know, that before. Never <laughs> smelled that. That's really cool. <laughs> so, so, but my point, though, was that dogs go into the garbage can because it's interesting and because you know it's kind of a cool thing to do when they're bored it's not out of disrespect that their head is in the garbage can in the first place yeah they're not right. dissing us they're not dissing us yeah, they don't have the same rules you, you, as we see, do the, the whole big point about rules. this that i mean we can talk about respect whether that's the right word and define it because it is not i mean i want my dogs to like me let's just put it that way it's a human word and i want listen to you listen to me but only and to know when I really want them to do it and we'll talk about that and I think the next episode is reliability right or something yeah, yeah. Um, matter of safety. I want the dogs to know that most of what I say you don't have to listen to I but occasionally learned that lesson at a young age <laughs> yes I know you did Jamie well done that's good but the essential point here is that the, the notion when we say things like I want the dog to respect me or the dog's trying to dominate me is then it hits the fan for the dog. That all of a sudden now, the owner turns nasty. And they're doing things to the dog, which is, this is not a good relationship. To go ugly face with your dog, to grab him, to stare in his eyes, to shake him, to roll him over, to bully him. And, and this is the danger. This is what it leads to if the person thinks, oh, the dog's not respecting me. And... and, and um, and because it gives them an excuse, because people say, oh, I'm, do it's, I'm doing this, this is dog training. It is not dog training. It is, it is ruining the relationship, is what it is. It's bullying. And, and dog training, we can prove what is dog training. Dog training is you, 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 you test the behavior, you, you see how reliable it is, you train the dog, and then you test again, and now the dog should be better. That's what dog training is. Yeah, I mean, if thinking about respect and techniques that we're all caught up in this concept of respect. If they provided effective improvements of behavior, that would be one thing. But for the most part, I think people, you know, when they're talking about respect, it's actually an obstacle to effectively communicating to their dog. And that's where the problem is. That, oh, yeah, and the problem is it's a matter of semantics, as you say. On the other hand, you know, it, it brings with this this idea of inherent respectability of humans. And, and, and it, it places all of the the onus on the dog without us doing anything proactively to earn that respect or to train the dog. I totally agree with both of you. It is, it is an excuse to just stop training and not train. And that's how and the, the, the words... like a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. The words dominance, the, the, the words that the dog must respect me. Um, uh, uh, these are the, the, the two biggest excuses now for this owner not training the dog. And it's where the people get stuck. I don't know what it is in this quest for why. Why did the dog do it? They, they always want to know what were the dog's motivations. And, and they want to delve into what I think are very fascinating, but essentially the unknown. I mean, we don't even know what, you know, our wife or kids think let alone, you know, what dogs think are different species. But we always want to know why did the dog do it, as opposed to saying, you know, I don't like my dog's head in the garbage. All right, number one, I'm going to get a lockable garbage container, which is in a closet. That solves that problem. Or I'm going to train the dog, don't put your head in the garbage, problem solved. But people don't think that way. They don't think the dog is doing this, 
I want him to do this. I've got to change the behaviour. They always, I, I will, you know, like the questions I get asked, I, sometimes I, I wish I'd tape them like uh, Joe Michael Evans did. I mean, some of the questions they go on, they, they say, well, I, I got a dog. My, my, actually, my husband was really the dog person. I like cats. But we got this dog on a Wednesday because I remember I picked up my daughter from ballet. No, it was Thursday. I'm going to have to get I mean, you off here, yeah, Dad. Yeah. It goes on and on and on. And then we get to, and the dog is absolutely fine when he's off leash. And he's really fine with big dogs. And he's great with children. And you go through this, and then you get the but. And then you get the problem, which is something like, the other day I came out of the shower, and he bit me in the groin. It's and a then, big problem. And then, and then the question is, why do you think he did that? <laughs> I don't know. Perhaps he saw a little wiggly worm and thought, oh, toy, you know, and went for it. I don't know. The, the question should be, how can we stop the dog from doing that? How can we change his behaviour? That is a big problem. But they're so hung up on motivation and etiology. Why did the dog do it? And this is the danger of these words. This is the danger of these words. Um, you know, in, in, in the words of Zoolander, who said, what? Words, words can only, can only hurt you, you if you try, try to, to read, read them. them. Don't play their game. It, don't play their game. So, you know, a word like respect, it sounds great, but no, it's insidious. What it means is, this dog's going to get bullied. I thought he said it's sin city. <laughs> no, insidious. Yeah, it's an well, insidious yeah, problem. <laughs> For example, people will often bring up respect when they are objecting to using food lures or treats or rewards in training, and it's like, I don't want to actually communicate with my dog. I want them to just know what I want and do it. I, wa I don't want to bribe my dog. I don't want. To, I don't want to have to pay my dog. I want him to do it because he respects me. When Again, fact, it comes back to this inherent respect issue. Right. When, in fact, lures and rewards are just the simplest and easiest way to communicate with your dog what you want. And if you can't tell them what you want, it's really pretty unfair to... Well, we can tell dogs what we want. They just problem. don't understand it. Right. I mean, it's kind of like I, I'll say to people, you know, lete chai, pesi, pesi. And I say, you, you like me, right? You do what I ask? Then lete chai, pesi. I do respect you. Yeah. But you don't understand Swahili, so you can't do what I want. And that's the dilemma that dogs are in. So we have to teach them English as a second one, language one first. One dilemma. One dilemma. What's the other dilemma? Well, there are, I'm sorry, there are times when they, they have a choice and they choose to do something else. I mean, there's the not understanding, which I think is the number mm -hmm. one reason why mm -hmm. they don't pay attention to cues. They don't know what the heck we're saying. But then there is also... Preferred activities. Yes. Oh, uh, yes. Oh, come, come right now. Oh, but, you know... I'm There's a squirrel, playing, right? Yeah, I'm playing with Fifi. There's a squirrel here. My head's in the garbage can. You know, they can make those choices, and if we haven't been reinforcing enough or explained to them why. I, I think, yeah, we, we have to, to explain this to people better, we have to come up with human analogies. And because people will ask their dog to come at the most ridiculous of times. And so we should maybe try this, you know, like a dog's humping another dog in the park, and we say, come. Um, actually, perhaps that's not a great example, but uh, we take the oh, human analogy no. that uh, two people are in bed and we say, John, could you come over here and help me with this thing? It's right. not the right time to call. I'm moving. And yeah. yeah, and it's never going to work. It's no, but never what's worse work. is you know, people do actually purposely choose those inopportune moments you know, because they're embarrassed or because they want something to stop for other social reasons or because they are trying to test the animal. They choose the most difficult time, even though they haven't trained up to that level, to see once again if the dog respects them. So if someone if my friend is in if I know my friend is in bed 
You know, do I call and say, oh, come meet me right now? You know, because I want to see if she really likes me and respects me. Yeah, and, and then, then it actually gets worse. That the dog is in an untenable situation. He's having a great time over there. The owner says, come here. Dog doesn't come. So what does the owner do? Come here! Like, raising the volume's going to work? Like, come here! No, it hasn't worked three times in a row. It's time to change to plan B, whatever that is. But, you know, and, and, but they will stand there and just now say, come here. Like, it's some divine principle that if they state it dogmatically, the dog will do it. And if the dog doesn't, of course, he then gets into trouble. Well, it becomes a chant, which they quickly can just tune out. I mean, we live... Uh, our, our garden backs up upon a, a, a park, and we hear all the time, Lucy, come! Lucy, come! Oh, Lucy, yeah, the other morning, Lucy. Lucy, come! And, you yeah. know, I mean, it's like a morning song. I don't think the dog <laughs> has any idea what the heck she's asking, and it doesn't work either, obviously, because it will go on for ten minutes. And then, when Lucy comes, what happens? They put Lucy on leash. Well, I mean, a basset can work that out. Like, oh, hello, I'm having a good time. They say, come here, I go after them, they put me on leash and take me home. Well, I can solve that problem. You know, come here is the, the number one warning to any dog. Keep back! Stay away! Don't go to the owner. Finally, you're going yeah, to end. They're going to ruin your day, buddy. So, and, and that's, that's what the training is. And as you said, you know, Jamie, yeah, lure reward training is the quickest way to get a good recall. But, but I think people, you know, when they, they criticize things, if you don't, like, give them something to bounce off, they say, I don't want to use food in training. I would say, okay, what do you want to use? You know, because uh, use it, but you're going to be a little behind, you know, because I don't think your dog respects you, number one, and this little girl here is (laughs) using food, and her dog will be doing it really well. So you're going to have to use a lot of respect, or you're going to have to build a lot of respect in your dog. So just opening the dialogue as opposed to... I mean, this is my way or the highway, right? And, and, and this is, I think, where a lot of dog trainers fall down. That they're very positive the way they train dogs, but they are totally unforgiving with people. And they say, no, we're going to train the dog, we're going to do it this way. And whatever that way is, it may be using oodles of food treats or it may be using jerks on the collar. But they say, this is the way we're going to train. And if the owner says no, or another trainer says no, we have an argument. Instead of saying, well, how would you like to train your dog? How do you want to educate your dog? Do you want to use your voice? Do you want to use a soft voice? Do you want to use hugs? Do you want to use games? Do you want to use activities? Do you want to use food lures, food rewards? Or do you want to use punishment? Intimidation. Do you want to use intimidation? Respect, basically, by most people, yeah. means intimidation. That, that is sadly, I mean, what that's it, as what, I say, that's the one problem. of the insidious sides of it. But, and that's, that's generally what it comes down to. You can suppress behavior or, in, or intimidate an animal into into complying a lot of the time. Yeah, I, I, I would rather just say, let's just not even talk in these terms. Let's just talk about training but No, but you've asked the them now. You've asked them, how do they want to train? And they keep saying they want respect. They don't want to use food or toys. Oh, no. They and don't think they should have to pay their dog. They don't understand the idea of reinforcement or classical conditioning. They don't want to have to pay. How do we... How do we address that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think maybe that I'm analogy... I'm they have a home. And yeah. I, take care of them. I, I, I think maybe that analogy, we say, look, you know, oh, do you work for free? And they say no, and say, well, neither's your dog. Maybe that's a bad one. I, I try and explain it slightly differently and say what I'm trying to build in a dog is the notion of wanting to do it your way. It's like raising a child that... 
you, you have thought about life, one presumes, and you think what's right and what's wrong, all those many you know, ways to do it. And we want to instill these virtues. That's what it is. We're trying to instill a virtue into the dog so that when we say, hey, come here, the dog says, good, cool, hot damn. Equivalent to if I said to Jamie, do you want to go skiing? Or if I said to Kelly, yeah, do you want a tango? The answer, I hope, is yes, that, that's cool. I want to do it. And that's what we're trying to instill in the dog. It's not because I'm afraid, because when I say no, I get punished. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't want to go skiing? Then. That's into his bedroom. <laughs> but I, I think you know, people, you know, the other side of this respect thing, people think the dogs have this inbuilt desire to please. And they, which they is this boring, Kelly? You checking no, your email? Just checking. You're checking your email while we're recording. No, it's it's because I'm talking, right? I have to live with this, Jane. I don't respect this him is, enough. Yeah, you don't respect <laughs> me. That's what it is. It's my way or the highway. Anyway, um, this notion of that people think no, the dog should have a desire to please, and they do, but it's to please themselves. And I think the quicker we understand that that individuals have the desire to please themselves until you have taught them to want to also please you. So the two then become synonymous. And, and, and that to me is about 95% of dog training. You know, we start off teaching English as a second language so the dog knows what we want them to do. But 95% of it is explaining to the dog, life is cool when you do it my way. Explaining to people that it's not about a, you're, it's not, I mean, of course you need, you know, relationship helps in training, but it's not about, uh, it's not a social interaction when you're asking your dog to do something. It's, it's, a, it's a learning, it's a training interaction. I think maybe that, do you see what I'm saying? There's a difference here. When you know, they're looking at it from a huge social, personal aspect, whether the dog is listening to me because he respects me or because he loves me, or I'm just, I get to tell him what to do because I'm in charge, I'm the human, or it's the matter of, you know, have you trained your dog, you know, to understand what you want to do, and have you reinforced it enough so that they, they want to do it? You see, it's, it's, it's apples and oranges. You can have, relationship is different than training, even though they do come together. Do you, uh, do you see what I'm saying? No, I, I, absolutely. I, I, I think that, um, I mean, this canine games class, which we're, we're teaching now, is, I mean, obviously I've done it a few times, but um, last night I looked at these people in week three, and I had them do really silly exercises. They're basically getting the dog to circle them and do figure of eights through their legs and all this stuff and then back up and come four, back up and come four. And I looked at them and thought, you know, we've got eight dogs off leash in a room and every single dog is absolutely focused on the owner. Why? Because now the owner is interacting with the dog. And, and, and the fact of the matter is that dogs don't want to listen to people because people have nothing to say to them. If they say anything, it's like, come here, come here, settle down, stop, no, no, stop it, no, Rover, no, stop. And rather than engaging the dog and having a little five-minute play session a day, that is will get the dog, I think, to respect you and to feel feel proud of you. I guess what I'm saying is training, for, to, to train appropriately, you need clear communication and a reinforcement history of some sort. Absolutely, yeah. And, and out of good training, you can grow a good bond in a relationship, or you can have a good relationship and have no clear communication. You know, th that they are apples and oranges, and, and in the best of situations, there's a marriage of clear communication and your bond, your social bond, that, that comes together. But you don't need to. I mean, we, could, yeah. you know, we go into classes, and we could train somebody's dog. They don't know us. 
we can get them to respond because we are using clear communication. We have you know expectations. We've trained them you know to to follow cues without a relationship. Yeah, I, I think, um, and we're going to talk about that in the next, a lot in the next episode about reliability. But back to the relationship, you know, the relationship comes from doing things together and accepting the other as a different individual. And, and this is where I think dogs can teach us so much. They are so different from us. They teach us that, hey, people may see things differently. And when you engage them, into, you know, what do you want to do, dog? I mean, do you have a list on your fridge? Uh, what are the 10 most enjoyable activities for your dog? Is it clear in your mind? And then when you gauge the dog on this level, now this bond starts to, to form. It kind of like when, I mean, Kelly doesn't know this because she couldn't know it, but when she leaves the house, the two of the dogs just go on alert, sentry duty. Claude goes upstairs and looks out the bedroom window until Claude? she comes back. No, no, sorry, Dune. No, Claude sleeps through the whole thing. <laughs> but Dune looks out that bedroom window the whole time waiting for her to no, come back. No, the whole time, come on. Little Hugo sits down and looks out the door. <laughs> and they do it for hours and hours no. on end. Yes, the bond is so deep. They're just waiting for you. I'm there, I'm there. That You have to be out of town for one day for them now to start doing that sort of thing with me. And now, say, I go to the bathroom, three dogs follow me. Yes, even Claude. But even Claude will get out of his chair, and all three dogs come up to the bathroom when I take a leak, and then I go down. They all go back and sit down again as I sit down. But I think that bond is just, it's, it's so lovely. It's what dog ownership is about. But then if we just slip back for a moment to, to last week's episode... We've also got to teach the dog to stand on his own four paws. That when you have a bond like that, um, the, the danger is it could end. Well, the good news now, is I'm out of town a lot. They have bonds yes. with more than one person. Um, that usually when the bond ends, it, it, it ends for us. That, that dogs usually die before us. But sometimes it's the other way around. And we've got to make sure that this dog is now okay on his own. As you say, we travel a lot. And so the dogs know, oh, we have a number one dog sitter, a number two dog sitter. And they have really bonded with them. And that's really important. It's like, is it better to have loved and lost than not to have loved at all? Um, it, it's definitely better, I think, to have loved and lost and to enjoy that really beautiful bond in the dog where the dog just wants to be next to you. And, and that is the nitty-gritty. It's like, go for a walk, take your dog off leash and walk and don't stop. Look down. Is the dog by your side, walking with you? Or has he run off to sniff another dog's bum? Because there he's making a statement. You know, compare, walk by your side, sniff another dog, I'll sniff another dog. And I think that's where now we need to work, you know, on the relationship skills. Building the relationship. And these come from us respecting the dog as a dog. Well, I think that's about it. I think yeah, time's up as usual. Episode. Why yeah. does it go by so quickly? <laughs> See you next week, folks. Bye. That's all for this episode of iWhoops. Thank you for listening.